0: It's another Tuesday evening on 97.3 City FM, and we are talking technology. Of course, that's the whole point of this show. Today, we're going to be looking at quite a number of things. Uh, Things having to do with how to build strong teams in a tech startup. And then also, later on in the conversation, we will be exploring some other aspects of what it means to build a tech startup and then also find ways of collaborating. It's going to be a fantastic show. Stick and stay. This is City Trends. My name is the Ashon, and you are welcome. You can be a part of the show with your thoughts, your messages, your concerns through our WhatsApp and Telegram number 0549 986 996. You can just let us know what your thoughts are um, about the topics we're going to be discussing today. And um, interestingly, um, we are right back um, at one of my favorite places in Accra, which is Mest um, Africa. And if you are a keen follower of the show, um, you would know that we have a very strong and good relationship with the folks here at MEST. Actually, our very first show was recorded here at MEST. So it's it's always nice to catch up, um, find out what's going on within the tech ecosystem, find out um, some of the new thoughts and um, trends within the tech space. And um, today we are going to be having a conversation about what it takes to build a strong team as a tech starter. Um, as you would know, one of the most fundamental parts of having a tech startup or being involved in a tech startup is understanding how you can leverage on the strengths of the people you work with however there can be conflict points as well and so how best do you work around that um and one of my biggest um things that i really want to find out is is the ceo or the founder of the tech startup the one who's supposed to be always speaking on behalf of the team. We'll be exploring all of this and uh, much more. And um, the director of, of training um, of training program at West Africa. Her name is Emily, um, but she has an interesting surname. And so I'm going to give her the space to do that and then introduce herself to everyone. Emily, um, big introductions um, for everyone doing the listening.
1: Hi everyone. My name is Emily Fiabeji, and as was mentioned, I'm the director of training at West Africa.
0: It's it's not every day we find Emily with Efiagbeji in in, in, in in the center, but it's 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 great. Um, so Emily, let's let's start off with um with with the current crop of ideas that you have here, because that's what I see. I see this place as a place that nurtures ideas and builds them into businesses. Um, how when when the students come in, what do you think is their perception of what? A team is actually supposed to be because I'm guessing that they come at it, they come into the space with very different ideas. I want to build my, you know, I have a big idea. I want to build my. How? What do you think is that initial thought process for a lot of the young people who come in here with all these bright ideas, looking to build these phenomenal businesses?
1: Absolutely. Well, I think when the entrepreneurs first enter West Africa and are thinking about building their teams, their initial thought is thinking about all the hard skills that they need to create their startup or create their product that they have an idea about. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? You need somebody who can develop your app, somebody who is a strong um, tech mind. You need somebody who can run your business. You need someone who can market it. But there's more to a successful team than just the hard skills. And I think that is when the transformation happens with our entrepreneurs, when they start to to think about their team in a different way uh, and think about the skills that aren't so easy to see but are essential for running a business.
0: Now, does it often come as an uphill task Sometimes dropping off a bit of themselves to take on some of these new ideas or these new collaborations and and lines of collaboration that they need to build.
1: Yes, <laughs> I think that I think so much of our program goes to a, to self reflection, uh, to growth as individuals, to self awareness, and I'm not sure that all the entrepreneurs are thinking that's what's going to happen, right? It's, I'm going to come into this program, I'm going to start a business, and I'm going to leave with this successful business. And then we're even at that point right now. Um, e- today, they were presenting pain points that they've observed and ideas that they're starting to explore. Uh, and afterwards, some of the entrepreneurs started sharing, you're like, Emily, this is like, You know, it's making me evaluate everything and think about things differently and learn so much about myself, interacting with my teammates. And I say, great, that's what this is about. Because business is not just about your product, right? It's about the people. Everything, I always like to say, everything comes back to people, right? You can can develop the most amazing product, but if you're not thinking about the people who are going to use the product or the people who are building the product you're missing something, right?
0: What are some of the biggest misconceptions that young people, especially those trying to build technology businesses, have about teams and building teams? What are some of the biggest ones that you've you've realized and you've seen through all these trainings that you've been organizing for these students? Mm
1: -hmm. It's a great question. Some of the biggest challenges. So I think... It's it's coming into your team environment with very different motivations. I think understanding why everyone is there. You're allowed to have different motivations, but understanding each other's motivations and being okay with them is one thing. Um, I think also... Um, you know, the the idea itself that you are pursuing, you have to really believe in it because running a startup is hard. (laughs) You're going to get knocked down. You're going to have to work as a team to overcome challenges to be successful. And so if you're not truly... Ready to stand behind your stand behind your idea and your product and stand with your team, then it's going to be a rough journey for you.
0: Mm. And uh, considering how rough the journey of building a business already is, mm-hmm. and considering the space that you find themselves, Ghana, Africa, it's already an uphill task, right. you know. And sometimes shedding some of these. Um, cultures that you've built mm-hmm. over the years is very very difficult now couple that with also building and sticking with your initial plan and idea mm-hmm. can can be really really difficult for a young person who you know just wants to make an idea work mm-hmm. and it it comes then back to that whole idea of a startup culture you know where you have to be going into midnight coding, all of that, you know? And I'm just wondering how that often comes up.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so startup culture is interesting, right? Because there's so many definitions and interpretations of it. At first, startup culture was defined as this ability to be very fast with your ideas, to build fast, to iterate, to pivot quickly. Um, not to have these bureaucratic structures holding you down. That was sort of the mentality of startup culture and even corporate businesses were like, hey, there's something to this. Maybe we should start to borrow a bit from startup culture. But then you started to see startup culture as the hustle, hustle, hustle at all costs. Um, And I think If you take that side of startup culture, of course you have to hustle, right? There's no question about it. You need to hustle, but you also have to remember that what is the hustle for if you hustle yourself into the ground and there's nothing left, right? And also that hustle culture can really damage teams. And so it's important to establish strong values as a team in the beginning, For the days when you're hustling, then you know, okay, what we value in this team is collaboration, is communication, is um, respect for each other. So we may be hustling, but we're not going to forget those things. Um, I think also prioritizing the well-being of the team is very important. People often talk about it being a sprint versus a marathon right it's both at different times (laughs) there's times you're sprinting and then there's times you're running forever either way if you're a runner you have to take care of yourself no matter the kind of race that you're doing and so that's something as a team you have to make sure that you are running together and that even if you're in different um, parts of the race you still know where to come back and where you are as a team. And I think that's very important.
0: That's that's a very interesting thought. And listen, she's so still tuned in to City Trends or 97.3 City Fm. We're having a conversation about team building and building teams at a as a tech startup. And I mean, it's, it's the thing that you're talking about, um, in terms of the hustle, hustle, hustle that, you know, everybody seems to avert their minds to. It's like that is automatically how as Every beginner, you're supposed to go through it. It's like a rite of initiation, and I'm just, I'm just wondering if there's another way around it, because it can, for someone who probably just wants to build a solid idea, you know, when when that is the only narrative that you know they, they tend to hear, it, it it can put some people off, yes. you know, and especially when you think about building a team as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I just want to build an idea. Why can't I just do that? You know, and and taking on all these other aspects can really be a lot for a founder of a tech startup or a a team to actually, you know, build. And so I think that the dynamics that exist within the team is really, really important. And that brings me to my little question. Like, what are the most important elements of, team building especially for a tech startup for you for the training that you've done for all these students for all this what do you think are the most important elements of team building
1: so I think building a strong team starts before you've even become a team right so it's 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 the initial conversations that you're having with the individuals that you're deciding to form with. Okay, so I used to do this exercise with entrepreneurs several years ago where we would sit with a group of um, entrepreneurs in training here at MEST and ask them to write things down like, what motivates them? What keeps them going? (laughs) What are they really hoping to achieve in five years? (laughs) How do they like to receive feedback? How do they give feedback? what are some of, their, um, some of the things that annoy them <laughs> and some of the things that um, they really want to pursue in their, in their life. And you might think like, okay, this is all like mushy and not necessary. Like, why do you need to know all these things? But if you're talking co-founders, right? These are people that you're spending a lot of time with. And it's good to know about them right and it's totally okay to have different answers to those questions but when you hear your founders questions and you hear their motivations are you able to support that to work with them um, to find points of collaboration and those initial conversations are really important because getting back to that when you're hustling You'll remember why you formed with these folks in the first place, and it's also having those questions of okay, not if we face conflict, but when we face conflict, how do we want to address it? All right, and how do we establish good communication from the beginning? Right? What are the channels of communication we want to use? Do we have a sit-down meeting if we have a conflict? Are we hashing it out over WhatsApp? I mean, all of this we kind of take for granted, right? We Figure it out along the way, but why not talk about it first? And I, you know, some of the entrepreneurs are like, Emily, it's so much talking. <laughs> and it is, but I think it's worth it in the end. The strong teams I've seen uh, that have really held up in the challenges, they they had those initial conversations. They knew what they were about. They didn't allow investors, or competitors, or people on the street to shape them and tell them what they're about. They knew what they were about when they started to pursue their business.
0: Now, what what happens like when teams, startups, young people come together in these initial stages? Mm-hmm. What what do you f- what do you find at The most common, should I say, points of because obviously, you know, someone shares an idea you like it you might want to, you know, side with them. But what are some of the most common things that end up splitting teams, even at a stage like this where they are trying to build the idea and trying to see if the idea will work out? What what do you think are are the most common things that sometimes end up splitting teams, even at this very young stage.
1: Yeah. Well, I think at first the challenge for forming the teams is around a little bit of a competitive spirit, right? Competition isn't bad, but when you're using sharp elbows or you're trying to prove that you're the best, it makes it very hard to form teams. And I think, you know, when we bring some of the brightest young people together in a room, at first they're like, oh I want to be heard and I want to share my idea. And so at first those are some of the little challenges that we face and, and folks need to start to be comfortable with recognizing that it's a learning journey. Business is also a learning journey and along the way there's going to be lots of things they don't know and then once they take a growth mindset and form a team some of the things that we see split teams i think is pretty similar to what you see in most businesses right it's like interpersonal conflicts it's personality stuff Um, and it's a lot of not openly communicating or maybe not being comfortable with open communication right so Um, passive ways of sharing their grievances um, or discomforts. And so the communication is key in the team formation and sustainability process.
0: One of the most interesting parts of being a part of the team or building a team is what a lot of people call emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And how how crucial is it for young students and young business people especially within the tech space to have a proper grasp of that concept and and work it in terms of how they build their teams mm-hmm.
1: i think it's huge <laughs> i think it's so big and and these certain things can become buzzwords right people will be like emotional intelligence eq iq you know all the things um but really what it's about is first understanding and being able to regulate and manage your own emotions, and then being able to recognize and relate to and navigate others' emotions. And if you go back to what I said a little bit earlier, it's all about people in the end. right? So even if you are the techiest of tech and you're behind um, behind your computer the whole time, you're still going to have to deal with the people and the emotions. And so it's really important to start exercising that from the very beginning of your startup and find ways to grow yourself in that area. You know, what makes you most uncomfortable in navigating a difficult conversation for someone or when someone's really upset, what barriers do you recognize in yourself that are preventing you from connecting with that person. All of that is important in setting you up for being able to connect with a customer or manage a conflict with a co-founder. So it's important to start to grow at the very beginning, and it's it's essential for, for startups. And when you think about investors as well, yes, many of them are investing in um, a team because they have an amazing product um, and they have a lot of financial, um, an opportunity to, to have a lot of financial gains, but they're also often investing in a team. Mm-hmm. And when you dig deeper in what they mean by that, it's like the emotional part of the team, right? How that team relates to each other, how that team relates to others. It's the softer skills mm-hmm. uh, that they also are looking at.
0: That's a very interesting thing. But anyway, someone is doing the listening, he's up you know, he's he has a brilliant idea, he's putting a team together, or someone is actually even in the process of hiring, mm-hmm. you know, for a team. Um, what would be the top probably five things that you would say they should look out for in the team that they are building?
1: Wow. <laughs> Good questions. Um, top five things. Well, one, which we mentioned in the beginning, every team needs is that they need the hard skills, right? So you need to make sure you have that. But while you're looking for those hard skills, you also want to make sure you have folks with a growth mindset, you know, willing to uh, commit to learning and also admit that they don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, So hard skills, growth mindsets. I think resiliency is huge, right? Ask folks a little bit about a time where they failed and how did they overcome it to start to understand a little bit about their comforts with bouncing back after hard situations. Um, Let's see, resiliency. Communication skills, huge. Got to be able to, to communicate on so many levels uh, with each other, with your customers. So I think that's four. And then um, fifth one, I think as a, someone who's a self-starter, right? Isn't waiting necessarily for someone to tell them what they're going to do. If, you're, if you have a, a startup and you're growing together with a team, you want someone who's just going to run alongside you and also be ready to try new things and be self-motivated because there's not all those structures that are in a corporate setting that might motivate someone in their work or guide them in their work, right? You're creating the manual for the first time. So I think those are the things I would encourage.
0: No the position of the leader of the team mm-hmm. always yeah. tends to bring a certain level of conflict. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it happen so many times mm-hmm. in big corporations and small ones. Mm-hmm. How how would you advise people who, once again, are trying to build tech companies to approach the issue of leadership? Is it mm-hmm. necessarily just the one who comes up with the idea that, you know, you know, finally ends up becoming a product, who, who exactly should provide that sort of leadership? Is it always have to be, or does it always have to be the one with the CEO tab, you know, or or whatever it is? Like, how do they, how should they approach the issue of the leadership of the team? Right.
1: This is a hard one, because in the end, right, it's the decision of the team, how they want to go about it, Um what I might encourage is to see the CEO, right? Most people see it as the most prized role in an organization, right? So they're like, I want that. I see it as the most vulnerable and the hardest role in the organization. (laughs) And if you want to be the leader, I think you should reflect on the responsibility that comes along with that, right? You're talking about now you are driving the livelihoods of those around you, right? It's a huge responsibility. You're setting the tone for your business. One of the startups that came out of our um, training program did something really interesting with trying to determine who their CEO was they took turns everybody in the startup was CEO for a month and they learned from each other and then made a decision on who they thought okay based on this at this point in time it seems like this person is best to lead our company and then after a while they actually made that CEO said okay where we are now I'm no longer the best to lead. And a different member of the teams stepped up. And to me, that was an example of how a team should operate. Right? They recognize the responsibility of the CEO, but also the responsibility of everyone else on the team to not only support the CEO, but to also set the tone for the team so that at any point, they can also be a leader, the voice, I love when I see pitches, and it's sometimes not the CEO that's pitching the business, because everybody needs to know what's happening in the business and be able to stand up there and be the face. Um, and so I'm not sure if that answers your question. It, it, it
0: does. It does. It does in a lot of ways, and I think the example that you you gave also drives home the point. And um, how do you how do you do it here, though? How do you um, help students, or what is your formula, yes. without giving too much away, um, in terms sure. of helping students to be able to build that culture of team formation and, and thriving within within teams. How do you do it here at West Africa?
1: Yes. Um, so we do something in our training cycles called capstone. Which is there, and they typically do two in a training cycle before they actually start building the business that they hope to pitch and leave the program with. So the capstones allow them to uh, work with lots of different people. And so we encourage each time they work with a different team and they come with a new idea. And they're essentially company building projects. So they build companies in these capstones. And they learn what it means to form a team, how to work with people, how to work, uh, overcome challenges, how to work an idea, how to produce an idea. They're testing out viable businesses. So they do two of those capstones. That gives them an opportunity to have engaged with different folks in their cohort. We also do lots of different in uh in-person group activities where they have to work with different people so one is just exposure to different people in their cohort we typically have cohorts of about 60. so we want them to have worked with everyone in the cohort at some point before they are then entering the stage where they're building their businesses so they're learning how to interact with others how to uh how to come up with ideas, different communication skills. We also do uh, weekly meetings with the team leads. So folks who say, okay, I'm the leader of this capstone project, or even when they're building their companies, and we meet weekly in roundtables, and we have discussions, and we talk about what their challenges are, and we try to encourage them in their leadership skills and tackle uh, together the problems they learn from each other. So it's practice really we're actually like just practicing what it means to be teams and what it means to be a leader and then the hope is that that then sets them up for initial success when they start and then we're also telling them and encouraging them that you know you're not done learning when you leave so we're we're teaching folks how to to learn along the way and I think that are, that is something that helps set them up for success uh, when they leave
0: that's, that's, that's a pretty incredible thing like right from the beginning you're giving them the training and sometimes I'm guessing they don't even know that that is what you are helping them do one of the things also and finally has to do with the different cultures that come to play mm-hmm. you know and that can be a very tricky thing to, to navigate um, either, you know it is either ethnic or tribal or or just orientations are just very different. Mm-hmm. And so it tends to often upset the dynamics in a team. Mm-hmm. How, how does mest Africa train students? Because obviously we know that, you know, you have students coming from all over the continent um, and all over the world as well. Mm-hmm. How, how do you get your students to be able to understand what co- cross-cultural relations and cooperation actually means Mm -hmm. and how they can build it into their team formation
1: Mm -hmm. right so we are a pan-african program so we have folks um from west east and south (laughs) and when they join the program we say right away when they enter the building you're in international territory right Yes, we're in Ghana, but you're in international territory. And so from day one, we're talking about the fact that we recognize that there are different ways of doing things, different cultures, different ideas, different perspectives, and we value that, and we encourage it. And then in our learning sessions, we actually have, in our communications curriculum, specifically have a section where we dive deep in um, cultural differences, doing business across cultures, interacting with others. We often have our entrepreneurs in training present on their culture and their backgrounds uh, to start to create awareness of different ways of thinking and doing and being. And we continue to encourage in our capstone projects and in our uh, companies that they consider and try and work with folks from different countries. And we talk about that as a great asset and benefit. Because think about that, you're, so say you're in Ghana, but your co-founders are from uh, Kenya and South Africa and Nigeria, and all of a sudden your market potential has just grown a lot because you have a whole lot of insights. whole lot of connections in these different countries right and different perspectives so we see it as a huge privilege to be a pan-african program and we encourage growth and learning and we have discussions. so if we see something that isn't upholding the values that we have as a program and is maybe um, not adhering to cultural acceptance we talk about it and we say hey it's not in our values, it's not something we do and we address it and we encourage the teams to do the same yeah.
0: I mean that's, that's really remarkable and um, I guess as we wrap up I just would like to find out from you how someone who's listening right now wants to get to understand better mm-hmm. what happens here at MIST, you know, how, how can they do that?
1: Yes So I think there's lots of ways. (laughs) I think we have a number of online events that happen on Twitter and Instagram and different webinars that folks can join if they want to hear about different topics we're discussing or get to know a little bit more about our program. We're also currently recruiting for our MESS training program. And so our applications are online right now. Folks can see that. We also run several other programs called um, um, Pre-MEST Express and MEST Scale. And so those are all different types of training programs and different opportunities for folks to be involved. All of that's on our website as well. And a number of those programs are recruiting soon. So we encourage you to check those out. And yeah, when we have events, come on by. We'd love to see you all.
0: Well, thank you so much, Emily, for, for taking the time to share these these thoughts on what it means to build a team as a tech startup and all the dynamics that come to play and sharing some of these experiences as well. I think it's been it's been really beneficial. Well, listeners, you heard there uh, myself speaking to Emily, and um, her surname is is always going to get to me. Um, Emily Fiagbeji. Um, yes, very Fiagbeji is... Um, <laughs> is with um, Mest Africa. She is Director of Training Program at Mest Africa, and she shared with us some of the thoughts um, in terms of how best to go around building teams as a tech startup, and I hope that you learned a thing or two from that. The show continues. Uh, Make sure you keep your comments coming through on 0549-986-996. This is City Trends. still tuned in to city trends on 97.3 city fm and we have had a conversation about the essence of building teams um and what it takes and the dynamics and um emily was was brilliant um in in articulating and basically giving us a better understanding of what it means to build strong teams but within the tech space as well um we get to that point where we sometimes have the skill, but then getting, getting the, the job becomes the challenge. It becomes, you know, that tipping point that often gets people to veer off in a completely different direction. And sometimes getting a group of people who belong to the various um, facets of the industry, either from an employer's point of view, or from a policy point of view, or from an entrepreneur point of view, everybody coming together to have a big conversation about A, building the industry, B, providing jobs for the people within the industry, and then C, just generally understanding what the latest trends and the latest conversations are about the industry is really, really key, and sometimes we tend to skip out on that. But then, this week, There is going to be a very big conversation, a very big conference looking at exactly that, bringing all these different facets together just so that we can have an open conversation about what it means to actually be employed, stay employed, and sometimes even striking out on your own and forming your own team and building your own business. And so we're going to have a conversation about that. And I'm hoping that by the time this conversation is over, you would have a better perspective about not just what it means to be a part of such conversations, but then you would also be convinced and better appreciate, um, you know, being a part of some of these things. I am over here now at the Institute of ICT Professionals, Ghana, and there is going to be a conference organized this week, and I have two of the organizers with me today, and we're going to basically try to get a better understanding of... What what is going on within the tech ecosystem in terms of provision of jobs, in terms of availability of jobs, and why some of these conversations are critical to send us to the next stage in terms of our growth within the ecosystem. I'm going to get my guests to to introduce themselves, and then we're going to get straight into the conversation.
2: Thank you very much, Philip. We are very excited to be here. Um, You talked about job. My name is David Gowu. Executive Director of Institute of ICT Professionals Ghana. We are the organizers of Tech Job Fair 2022, and we are doing this in partnership with AFOS Foundation, a German organization that is into skills development here in Ghana.
3: And my name is Deborah Ofori Date. I'm the Digital Skills Training Supervisor at Institute of ICT Professionals Ghana.
0: Well, let, let's start off with. Um, understanding where we are in Ghana, what, what 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 is your reading of the first of all the tech and the digital space in terms of availability of jobs, the training of people to actually take up these jobs, the opportunity for technology entrepreneurs to thrive. What is your reading of the ecosystem generally?
2: Uh, the, the young people of Ghana, they are tech-aware. What we mean by tech-aware is that they are aware about what is going on in the tech space. But they also find it difficult to find jobs. I mean, decent jobs in the tech space. Not because they are not smart. It's because sometimes they are not well informed. They don't know where to go to and who to speak to. What skills to acquire in the next six months to be able to assess that job. That that is one of the areas this tech job fair is trying to focus on. Not only trying to give jobs, but also giving direction to people where they can find these jobs. One of
0: the Debbie, one of the things that often comes up in these conversations is the skill set. You know, because we currently live in a space and in a world where the skill set is critical. If you don't have it, you're just not going to get it. Now, we also unfortunately have the situation where the training for the skill sets to you to get the jobs of the future sometimes is pretty lacking i want you to give me your perspective on what that situation is like in ghana at the moment in terms of the level of training the level le- the the skills um transmission to young entrepreneurs what 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 is what is the space looking like from from your reading of the of the ecosystem
3: okay so Um, especially since the um, COVID, I think it's made people become more aware of the need to acquire some technology skills and they've tried. In fact, there's a lot of information on the internet, but internet here in Ghana is not that reliable. And so it's, it's really difficult. It's, it's not the best like place we are, we, we have to be now. A lot of young people are desirous of going into the tech industry but they do not know how to even venture there some are in other areas they want to shift into the tech industry they do not know how to do that they do not even know how to start where to look for who to seek mentorship from and that's why we've come with the tech job fair 2022 to provide all those things people will be coming on board to provide them with soft skills that they should have that are essential them to be able to get the jobs that are available um, we would have businesses come in to educate them on even how to structure their cv and um, some of the um, things that they should be looking at online courses they can take to be able to equip themselves to be able to assess those opportunities available to them
0: it's it's all well and good that we have a job fair it's critical that we do but as you might probably already know, sometimes these conversations tend to get, you know, over the heads of quite a number of young people, right. you know, sitting there, listening to people talk. talk Like, why, why, okay, it's not a matter of why, but what do you think needs to happen in Ghana today for us to get young people to be able to move to that next level of being employable within the tech space and sometimes
2: even striking out on on their own? You know, a new report has been released this week and um, this report talks about unemployment. The unemployment rate according to the reports is about 13.4 percent. And you realize that the issue of jobs is becoming a critical issue. But I think we need to look at it from different, different angles. We need to look at it first from um, education, we also need to look at it from um, networking and entrepreneurship. So uh, we are not going to have a tech job fair where people are going to come in, sit down and listen to some successful people just talk, talk, talk and walk away. We're actually going to have a situation where companies that are hiring will come to the, to the fair. They will have booths. There are going to be over 50 booths at the fair, at Accra International Conference Center people will come in, and before you apply for a job, you can go to the booth, speak to uh, the organization that is hiring, find out about even the company. It's not every company you want to work for. You, know, you speak to them, you try to get some feeling about how, how they go about their stuff, culture. their work culture and the rest. And then when you, are, when you feel that this is the right company to work for, you put in your application, you know. And, and also, it, it then gives you a better understanding of the way they operate. So we are, we are moving away from the, the talk, we are now moving into real action. When you come to the fair, you have a big giant board with jobs that will be online. You don't need to come with your envelopes or your CV. You need to have them on your phone or on a laptop. You can upload them and then, you know, apply it for a for job. So it's going to be a bit different from the ordinary talk show. And I really wanted to move away from the motivational speeches and the talks. We need to get into real actions, things that people need to do. Um, There are a lot of jobs out there. People can sit in Ghana and work remotely, which we call the, you know, business process outsourcing, BPOs. There are a lot of companies outside that are looking at coming to Ghana and supporting our young people, giving them skills, and connecting them to jobs abroad. So this will also be happening at the fair. How do you prepare yourself for that job? where you sit in your bedroom and still connect to a company in Europe or America and still earn decent income. How, how
0: many companies are we expecting um, um, at, at the fair?
2: There, there are over 100 companies so far, and we have a lot of jobs, hundreds of jobs already posted on our job portal. And at a job fair, you are just free to browse and go through and select any type of job that you feel fits your qualification. I see. I don't think,
0: um, Debbie, sorry, can you tell us about the details? Um, Where is it happening? When is it happening? And what time is it happening? Who can be a part of it?
3: Okay, so it's happening at the Accra International Conference Center. And it's um, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. It's also happening on the 24th of February. So we are expecting students, we are expecting professionals in the IT industry we are expecting um, job seekers. We are expecting businesses who are into tech, um, educators in the tech space, and in fact, the general public are all welcome.
0: Well, David, um, as, as we wrap up on the conversation, I'm, I'm just really intrigued. Um, if you can just walk us through some of the key highlights and the key features of, of the fair, and what your promise is to anybody who is intending to be a part of it.
2: Thank you very much. So we, we promise two things. One, you come to the fair, you identify a job, you speak to somebody who is actually posting this job, and if you are convinced, you apply for that job, and hopefully you get shortlisted and you go through the process. Secondly, if you come and you can't find a job, we also have trainers. Um, Jobberman will be there at a job fair. MTN will be there. In fact, the chief HR, uh, officer, who of MTN will be there? She's been hiring people for over twenty years, and she knows so many things about this job fair. She will be there. She will be talking to young people about what they need to do to get to the, the space of the job space. So
0: let's go to the details again. What day is it? When is it?
2: How? People can- this is happening on Thursday, the twenty fourth of February, twenty twenty two, at Accra International Conference Center. It's from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And everybody is welcome. Um, You can also join virtually if you want. And um, you just have to apply by going to www.techjobfairghana.com. www.techjobfairghana.com. And then you apply either as a participant, you know, coming for the program, or as an exhibitor if you want to exhibit uh, any jobs that you have well i mean
0: it's 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 what it is it's either we are creating the future that we want or we sit around and and wait and hope and that something works and i think we will side with creating the future that we want and these are some of the steps that we need to take whether it is in building your own teams or collaborating with others who are building teams or speaking with people who are offering you the opportunity to join their teams. However you look at it, that is all coming together on Thursday and you have to be there if you are looking for an opportunity to be a part of the tech ecosystem, if you're looking for a job, if you're looking for understanding of, you know, the the tech space in Ghana, if you're looking for people who are already in it, to get advice on how to be able to survive within the tech space. All of that will be available, and this will be a conversation that you should absolutely be a part of. David. Debbie, thank you so much um, for, for, making, for making time to join us, on, join us on the show. But remember that the show will be available as a podcast first thing tomorrow morning. So please look out for it and share share with anybody who wants to, to take a listen and, and probably learn a thing or two. But then My name is Philip Sean. A big thank you to the production team. And a big thank you for you um, for doing the listening as well. Once again, my name is Philip Sean. But until next week, stay techy.